The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the 750. I am your OR Joe Choa. He is your 75 two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, the one and only Tony Casillas TC. What up? Doing great this morning. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Uh, it's a uh, it's a week following a Cowboys win, which always changes the narrative. The sun is shining brighter. The food tastes better. Uh, is that your experience? Yeah, I think it makes the week uh, definitely starts the week off better on a Monday than this being Tuesday. Yeah, so absolutely great uh, win for the Cowboys on the road. So uh, big matchup coming up on Monday night uh, should be a hell of a game. Yeah, and you were actually out at Jerry World over the weekend, right? Checking out, you know, the old Woo Pig Suey. I saw the social media was a buzz. Uh, you, this was your first time there this season, no? Right? Yeah, I was, uh, I was there to support my uh, daughter for parents' weekend. Um, tremendous weekend. Had a great time. And, yeah, Jerry Jones has his, his name all over that place. But uh, <laughs> it's always good to go back to parents' weekend and celebrate with the kids. Makes you feel a little older, but they appreciate mom and dad's pocketbook when they visit. That's right. Uh, you think you've been to AT&T Stadium or Norman Moore in your life? Like how many times? Like if you consider the amount of times you've been there throughout your whole life, AT&T Stadium or Norman? Well, I think uh, I think more contemporary. I've been more to AT and T. I haven't got. I don't get back as much to Norman as I'd like. My son, he's uh, he's actually junior there, but I just uh, it's kind of conflicting during the right. uh, during the regular season. So I don't get back as much as I have in the past. Uh, but uh, I will say this about Fayetteville, Arkansas, topography wise, it's a beautiful, beautiful stadium, and it's a beautiful, beautiful state. So I don't mind going back there. Look at that. I didn't think we were getting into topography today, but that's, yeah. uh, that's what people listen to 750 for. So the talk this week, Tony, is Micah Parsons, obviously the Dallas Cowboys star rookie, uh, not a fan of Fayetteville or College Station or anything cool, uh, a fan of Happy Valley, and they had their whiteout last weekend. But Micah Parsons did something he hadn't done since before his time at Penn State where he played defensive end for the Cowboys in their win against the Chargers. And a lot of people are wondering whether or not the Cowboys should leave him there or if they should float him back to linebacker, the position they technically drafted him to be. Um, I don't know that people are like fighting with each other about this, but there are a lot of opinions, especially given the fact that Demarcus Lawrence has a broken foot and the Cowboys need an edge rusher right now. Uh, What would you do with Micah Parsons? 
Well, I don't want to overreact too much. I think it's a tremendous phenomenal how what he how he's over to was able to play defensive end and hadn't played that position since high school. Just indication how athletically uh, gifted he is as a player, and it's just a lot easier said than done. And uh, just to display and him be able to come in and just not say anything, just say yes, you know, whatever you need me to do, I'll do. Uh, I think it's a good uh, good change for them. I don't know if that's his his natural position, but certainly, I think I think what happens, RJ, is that when people uh, play against someone like Micah Parsons the first time they've seen him, they obviously have film on him. But it certainly was a great uh, great decision by Dan Quinn to be able to understand and utilize his athleticism, but. Uh, I think it just gives them another opportunity. It gives creates some depth, creates a lot of opportunity when it comes to rushing the passer. I don't know if that's his natural position versus a run. It's a little different, but certainly it's a gold nugget that they discovered uh, last Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I think it's difficult for people to contextualize because a lot of people think, and this this isn't the same thing, but just kind of like Zach Martin playing at right tackle. Uh, right. Like that's what everybody wanted last week when, you know, we were dealing without, you know, Lyle Collins obviously being suspended. It's like, just put Zach at, at right tackle, have Connor McGovern play right guard. That way you get your best five on the field. And this is a similar thing. And I think especially because now people have seen the production. So, you know, there's no secret that, you know, defensive ends make a bigger impact on a play by play basis than linebackers. That's not to diminish the importance of linebackers, but, um, but it's difficult. Like you're right. I mean, he did a great job of it on Sunday and, and certainly proved a lot and um, in a lot of ways outperformed Joey Bosey even, but do you think that, again, I know you're not saying this is any slight to Micah. Do you think this was more, not flash in the pan, but but do you think this was more rare than it might actually be if he plays the position long term? I don't know if it's an anomaly, but I, I know that playing that position when you have that much speed and athleticism makes it very difficult for an offensive tackle. They hate speed. They're threatened by it. Uh, it's something that they feel really uncomfortable with. Um but I think a lot of people have a tendency to overreact to this one game, and which is great because Look, uh, the guy was productive. He gave a uh, – as far as just production-wise, he was one of the best pass rushers, the best players on the field. You mentioned Joey Bosa, a little different um, when it comes to different types of players. I mean, they're totally different players. You know, Micah a, runs a 4-3, and Joey's probably a 4-6, 4-7 defensive. And so it's kind of hard to compare it. But, again, I think what happens in the National Football League, once people see you play, they, they know your tendencies, they know how to prepare for you, they get – you know, uh, game tape on you, then it's, it may be the next time it'd be more hard. It may be harder, but not to, not to say you can't do that. But again, I think it just gives you more depth at that position. You know, something you discovered that you had, you didn't know you had before. And like I said, he seems to me, not only is just tremendously athletic, but he's such an unselfish player and just will do anything he needs to do to make this team better. Mm. Uh, what's the, the other position you played? in your life that you, if you couldn't have played defensive tackle, where would you have wanted to play? I mean, I'm always like the old guy, the guy, the glory days want to be quarterback. And I, I, uh, <laughs> I quickly found out that you have to be really smart and you get the hell beat out of you. But, um, you know, I think linebacker is a great position. I think you always, when you don't have to put your hand down on the ground, it gives right. you the opportunity just not to be, uh, you know, just be down on the ground and be just really an indication how, forcible it is but um you know i think that that's the beauty of sports it's the beauty of being that athletic that that 
you, you have all these things you can do. And, and, you know, his, his athleticism, it's like doing a cone drill. I mean, he just changed the direction and you, it's just like a fish out of water when it comes to his offensive linemen. I mean, there's so many guys I've saw in the national football league that could do that and you couldn't block them. I mean, Lawrence yeah. Taylor was one of those guys that you, a guy that you just couldn't block. It didn't matter. He wasn't the biggest guy, but, but speed really equates to uh, leverage and equates to a lot of power that you didn't have just because the offensive lineman is just out of, you know, is, is not in control and they're very vulnerable when it comes to that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have said for a while that Micah has the trajectory to become a Von Miller type player, like a mm-hmm. kind of tried and true classic outside linebacker like that. And I mean, that's, that's what we saw. I mean, you know, I mean, he really, I, I don't know that we've seen anything like that from the Cowboys in, in recent memory. Somebody come, maybe you could say Zach Martin playing right tackle last year. I don't want to take away from that. It's, it's, it's not easy to, to kick out from guard to tackle. And he, he made it look really easy, but it, you know, it's still offensive line. It's still, you know, fundamentally in some way, shape or form, a similar thing. I mean, this, this was, this was a very different thing that Micah Parsons did and, and did in his second game ever. Like, can you imagine, like, what was your head like, you know, in your second game in the NFL, you know, playing your position, let alone ask being asked to play a different position. Well, it's totally, it wasn't as impactful. We played in the defensive tackle and I just right. know that it was just, I was very productive when it came to tackles for losses and tackles in the duration of the game. I think I believe I had like 10 tackles the first game, but you know, that's an impactful, that's a, that's a, you know, something that you see, you, you, you can't, you, you isolate it because it is such a position that creates so much opportunity and, and just, it's very impactful. And you can see it. And I think anytime you're able to drop someone down inside that box with all, you know, you got six or seven guys, six guys, you throw him in there. All of a sudden, everybody's got to think about another part of the field where they didn't before because of just his presence. And I think just it really just uncovers something that they can use in their toolbox. And to be able to have a guy and just drop him down, all of a sudden they got to check out. Okay, we got number 11 on the right side. What are we going to do? Slide protect. I mean, what are we going to do to account for him because he's in the game? You know, the middle linebacker is a little different because you're sitting there and you're reading, you're running the ball. But man, when you can be that forcible and you can create opportunity and just be a playmaker, again, I don't know if he's going to continue to do that. I think that he can uh, and they will utilize him uh, because of Demarcus Lawrence is out. And um, again, it just creates so many opportunities for wherever he's at on the field to be able to run games, to be able to run, you know, get off the edge, whatever it may be. It just gives you a slight. Well, it gives you an advantage, RJ. Yeah, I mean, it. I'm not saying I would not take Patrick Sertan right now if the Cowboys could swap, but Micah has made it very easy to be very okay with the fact that the Cowboys ultimately wound up with him uh, with the 12th overall pick, not the 10th overall pick. I mean, he, he has made a sizable difference. I think he's been the most impactful defensive rookie in the NFL. Granted, we're only two games in. I mean, there's still a long way to go, uh, but, but what he's done so far is, is pretty special in its own very special way, uh, which, which certainly says a lot. You mentioned say you said it number 11. It's I doesn't feel right to me. I, I'm still not, I'm <laughs> not down with this. I hate this. I had to- I had to think about it and it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's unique because no one can figure it out. And I think that, I think it just, it, it's, it, to me, it's just so weird. You got a guy on the end when you used to 
being in the fifties or yeah. whatever the, now, yeah, whatever that needs to be a nineties number. number on the end. You know what I mean? Like, just, yeah, this is gross. You know, but 11. I don't mind calling it. I don't mind calling Drew Blesso out there when I, when I see him play, I think a number 11, that's the, 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 that's the player that comes. No, I mean, let, let's see. There's another, another 11s. I'm trying to think of what, uh, what other quarterbacks right off, off the top of my head. I mean, it's early. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I think most people probably think of Cole Beasley, although, you know, Cole, oh. Cole's got a lot going on these days. Um, some people think of Danny White, obviously. So you could. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. No disrespect uh, for, but yeah. Also, Roy Williams, you know, went to the worst school in the world. But you know what I mean? There's there's that option, too. Uh, number 11. I would is, never think of a Texas player, Roy Williams Jr. Good, good for Probably you. the worst uh, worst trade that the Cowboys ever made uh, in franchise history. Uh, that's another story. Yeah, we're not going down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, I So if you have to if you have to pick a camp right now, you have to because that's that's the way the world works Tony. you have to pick one thing. You can't ever, you know, be reasonable. You have to say one thing and you have to say the other is stupid. So Micah Parsons, would you leave him at edge rusher? Would you pull him back to linebacker? If you, if you, in this stupid game, if you had to pick one thing, where do you put him? Yeah, I don't know. Situational, I would. Pass sure. rushing, uh, oper- yeah, went third down and long. I'd definitely have him out there. I think that, I don't think you want to get away from his natural position, but for right now, I think he's, I mean, it's not the first time that teams have used a guy, his natural position of linebacker, and then put him on the, the nickel, uh, in the situational football. So without a doubt, I would have him on there when it's third and long and we got, we got pass rush, we got nickel, we're dime, we're caught. Micah, you're on the field. You're going to be at the end position or wherever. I mean, I think he's a guy that he can put all over the place, but I just watch him when I, when I went back and watched some of his pass rush moves and you, you saw it, the, there was a number 74 for the charges. I just, and he just didn't know what to do, man. Mm-hmm. He's like, damn, what is this? I think about that. You got someone four, three running off the edge. These big dudes are not used to that. They're used to getting to points. So without a doubt, he's going to be there. He's going to be in the pass rush situation, either on end or wherever it may be. He's going to be in those situations. So I know I said that you had to pick a side, but you said um, his natural position was what was what you said. I kind of think his natural position is just baller, right? Like that's yeah. that's really what his natural position is. Yeah. It's just like impact player whatever you need like he can do it i mean he you know i i wouldn't be shocked if at one point the cowboys needed him to play safety if he just went out and did it. and granted the cowboys he's got extra- such a good attitude too rj just he just said whatever i need to do and he's like hey look i haven't played since high school can you imagine that It'd be like going out and play never playing golf and par in the first four holes right i i mean yeah I, it, sometimes it feels like we play with people like that you know what i mean it's really annoying but i uh, never played before yeah you're like what the <laughs> hell? i've been playing this for 20 years i haven't parred the first four holes in 10 years okay so he just made it made it relatively easy right i mean it sounded you know the the criticism was okay cowboys you know you have other edge rushers on your team you know what i mean that have been doing this in the nfl in college, whatever, like it, it, it seems silly, like in, in a certain way, it really did. Uh, but, but he truly is that special. You mentioned his attitude. Like, I mean, he has been nothing but a perfect first round pick since the moment the Cowboys called his name. Uh, he's been funny. He's been personable. He's been athletic. He's been talented. He's a big reason why they won the game that they did. Obviously got his first sack in, in the history, you know, the history of his career so far, uh, bright young future ahead of him. 
Uh, but Tony, it's time now um, to do some power rankings or rather to talk about some power rankings. I know you have your top 10 teams in the NFL. Um, if you don't have the Cowboys in there, people are going to be upset with you. But um, I did want to tell you this. So uh, like we mentioned last week, I collect how different outlets around the internet view the Cowboys in our weekly power ranking roundup at blogontheboys.com. And so this actually just went out at the moment you and I are recording. Tony and I are recording. A, now it's almost 830 central time. But there were three different outlets, Tony, three that dropped the Cowboys, despite the fact that they won last week. USA Today, I know you remember this, last week had the Cowboys ninth, and we laughed about that because even though they looked good against Tampa, it was kind of weird to have them, you know, ninth. So USA Today dropped them from ninth to tenth. Sports Illustrated had them at 15th and dropped them to 16th. So one spot, kind of like USA Today, but still, I mean, we're moving in the wrong direction here. Um, and um, but there was one more. Yahoo Sports had them at 19th last week, which fine, you know, no big deal. They lost in week one. Nobody's making a big deal about that. Uh, and dropped them to 20. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I just, I'm not trying to be a homer here. I'm not trying to be anything. Um, I'll tell you where I have the Cowboys uh, in a little bit, but um what gives why are people dropping the cowboys despite the fact that they they beat the team the a team that a lot of people are really 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 high on in the Chargers, and they did it on the road and they did it without a bunch of starters and they did it with a rookie like we just said playing a position he hadn't played since high school i think it's a perception of the games that they played obviously the tampa game the cowboys could have probably won that game but maybe they're looking factoring in the mistakes that the the, the tampa bay made and then the Chargers, there was a couple plays in there thinking, okay, they could easily. And I hate the, I hate when people say, oh, the Cowboys are lucky. I said, well, hell, you got to be, you got to have luck to win, right? Right. Show me a winner that's not having luck. That's just the way it goes. Um, but maybe it's because of all the one on one teams that they're factoring in and maybe the, the strength of what those teams have done, which I don't get it because, as you mentioned, the Chargers are a team that's, is ranked very high and supposed to do a lot of really good things this year. And then Tampa Bay, which is 2-0, the defending Super Bowl champions. But I don't know. I think maybe if you go down and on our list and we'll get into that, you have to just factor in the one-on-one teams. But maybe it's just because they felt like the Cowboys got lucky and it really wasn't – they didn't validate them being one of the top ten teams. But that's something that we can just – kind of just stir, stir the pot and talk about who's, who's, who deserves to be in the top you know, 20 rankings of, in the NFL. Sure. So, okay, let's, let's build some suspense because, again, okay. if, you don't have, if you don't have the Cowboys in your top 10, people will be upset. So my number one team is the Buccaneers. I have to imagine that that's your number one. That's really obvious yes, sir. at this point. Agreed. Okay. They, look, they actually look better than they ever have. You know, in this in this version, like, you know, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady, which isn't obviously that that long of a thing. This looks like the absolute best version of them, despite the fact that they won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, it's it's very Tom clear. Got, got nine he's, touchdown passes in two games. I mean, really? How old is he? He's it's stupid. I mean, yeah. he, every everybody remembers his 2007 season when he won MVP and they were in FU mode against everybody. He actually yeah. is on pace for a better year, despite. I mean, like, obviously, there's another game. But he's, he's in double bird mode now. Oh, dude. I mean, like, <laughs> it is amazing. Like the, the Brady to Gronk connection 
is better oh than ever. Gosh. Like, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't, it, whatever. Um, I mean, I, as a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, that's the only thing that it kind of feels like to me. It's just like goats stay goats forever because that's, that's what goats do. But so, okay. The Bucks are one. Who is your number two team? Cause the chiefs lost. So that might shake it up a bit. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm automatically going to put my two and O teams in there. The Broncos oh, okay. look pretty damn good. So that's just the way I look at it. I like the Broncos. I think the Broncos, the last, first two weeks, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, they look like a team to be reckoned with. So I got I got the Broncos um, because they're 2-0. And I think right now that, that that's a good spot for them. That'll change. But I'm going to go with the Broncos at number two. So I don't want to just be a hater wait, here. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I, I, I got to <laughs> let me, let me, let me reframe that. Because okay. I just looked at my list, and sometimes when I write stuff down, I can't read my own writing. I'm gonna have to go with the Cardinals at number two. My okay. bad. Okay, that's I'm fine. I may with adjust this. that. I have the Cardinals at fourth, to but be it's clear. all subjective, right? right? I mean, think about it. Two and O teams. I think I hate this phrase because people say it all the time, but I'm gonna say it now. If the season ended today, the MVP would be Kyler Murray. There's no doubt like he has been so special i don't recognize where he went to school he transferred out of texas a&m and that's all i know uh whatever happened beyond that is is something i just choose not to recognize but um well, has, Oklahoma, we'll, we'll, we'll claim him he has been so special uh so far this season and had just an unbelievable fourth down completion to christian kirk who actually went to the right school for the duration of his collegiate career um but i mean they look fun and I think they got a little bit lucky, but you mentioned that like with the charters, like anyone who thinks good teams don't get lucky is fooling themselves. Last year, the chiefs who didn't win the super bowl, but were very good. They won nine games by one possession. Like there's, you know, there's luck in it. it's, it's football. Like it's a game played with an oblong shaped ball made out of leather. You know what I mean? Like there it weird crap happens. And so you got to catch the right breaks. Um, I'm, I agree with you. I've got the Cardinals fourth. I was just going to say on the Broncos, um, they are two and zero, and I don't want to sound like a hater, but their two wins are against the giants and the Jaguars. Okay. And I'll tell Agreed. you, this, I'll tell you this, you're going to be high on the Broncos again this week. Cause they play the jets this week. So the Broncos are yeah. going to get to three and zero. but after that, Tony, here's what the Broncos have coming down the bend, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Raiders and the Browns. So you know, life's we'll find uh, out. We'll yeah, find out how good they are. <laughs> Broncos are going to come back down to earth a little bit. So mm -hmm. um, my number two team, just to kind of keep this in order, is the Los Angeles Rams, who are also two and oh, obviously. Uh, but and I know that they flew a little bit close to the sun against the Colts. But, you know, we talked about the Brady to Gronk connection, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. That is one of the best connections in the NFL right now. And so, yeah, I, I mean, the offseason hype was real on the Rams. They 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 look they very much look like one of the best teams in the NFC and like they can win the conference. They can make it to the Super Bowl. The Rams look really good. And I've always shared how much I like Matthew Stafford. And that's who I got. Uh, it was kind of close between the Rams and the, the Cardinals. But as you mentioned, Kyler Murray's just going off. So I got, I got the Rams at number three. Yeah. Well, okay. So you've got, then you've got Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, Rams. Um, yeah. And you've, you've got the Broncos just in the mix. Cause they're, you know, they're two and other, they've been solid so far. Granted the competition's a little bit weak. Uh, I do have the chiefs at number three. Um, and so, you know, no, nobody, you know, 
nobody believes that the Chiefs are losers now because they lost to the Ravens. They just lost to a really good team. Like you're going to lose games in the NFL. Um, so that's life. I have the Cardinals at four. So my top four is Tampa, LA, Kansas City, Arizona. And your top four is Tampa, um, Arizona. I got the chief. I got the Chiefs at uh, at, at number four. Okay, so you got Tampa, one. Arizona, L.A., um, and, and the Chiefs. Okay, yeah, number four. So we got the same top four, just a little bit mixed up. Okay, mm-hmm. um, let's go to number five. Who do you? Ha- I think we might differ here. Well, it's uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers at two and zero. Whoa, you're a believer. Well, I, I I guess I am. I think Matt Rule has done a pretty good job. I would say and. Sam, uh, Sam Darnold is, uh, it really, it's just, it just goes to show this change of environment may change the way you play. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a pretty signature win against the, the saints last weekend and yes. they're 2-0 and, and look, and we could all say, okay, there's a there's some other one-on-one teams that could be right there, but I just want to keep them in that. I think I like them in my top five. So kind of the, the, the Panthers are kind of in the same box as the Broncos to me. They're not quite the Broncos, um, but I, I don't mean to say that they're frauds or anything, but their first one was against the Jets. So, okay, like, you know, that's – we got to apply some context here. Last week was really impressive. There's no doubt about that, especially given the way the, the Saints played in week one against the Packers. Um, the most yeah, but imp- we saw how the Packers responded last night. Right. It was crazy. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm saying, though. So the Saints dominated the Packers like that. And then the Panthers dominated the Saints like that. So what is, you know, if we're going off the transitive property here, like, what does that say about the Panthers? Now, I will say this because we're, you know, we're talking about the Panthers and we're going to be talking about them a lot a week from now because the Cowboys host the Panthers after they host the Eagles next week on Monday Night Football. And it's very, very possible that the Cowboys uh, are hosting a 3-0 and team. Because and check this out, Tony, for everybody who likes to think that the NFL, you know, you've heard this before over your career. Oh, the NFL loves the Cowboys, the NFL, blah, 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 blah. Well, check this out. The Panthers play on Thursday night football this week. Okay, so that's the earliest you can possibly play in a given week. Right. There's no other games that take place before Thursday. Panthers play on Thursday night football against the Texans. They're going to win that game. Right. So that's what I'm saying. They're going to be three and no. The Cowboys play on Monday night football next week. That's the latest that you can play in a given week. Let's think about that. The NFL gave the Panthers the longest amount of rest possible versus a team in the Cowboys that has the shortest amount of rest possible. Not too cool. To but, what, but, but wait a second. How about the Cowboys? How much rest they got in the first game and then the second game? They, they've, had, so, they've, had a, they've had ample time. So That's true. I think, yeah, but, that's, they've, they've been rested for the first two games. That's true. And you're right. So compared to the Chargers, the Cowboys did have more time to rest because they were coming off of that Thursday game. I agree with that. However, the Chargers weren't coming off of a Monday game. The Chargers were coming off of playing on Sunday, you know, when they went into their Cowboys game. Again, I'm not saying the NFL hates the Cowboys. I'm just saying uh, so our friends at, uh, at Bleeding Green Nation, which is SB Nation's mm-hmm. website that covers the Eagles, they they have this theory that the Cowboys have this wild advantage because they get to play on Thanksgiving every year, which is silly to me, but this is another example of how, you know, 
everybody everybody gets screwed at a certain point like somehow some way some shape some form everybody gets screwed and think about that that's that's kind of unfair like if you're going to play a thursday team you should at the very least not be coming off of monday night football now to be fair the cowboys are playing their monday night game at home and then they'll host the panthers so they don't have to travel you can maybe that's how this balances out uh so you know that's and this this game for the panthers is on the road in houston so back-to-back trips to texas for them uh but either way i mean i didn't mean to get too far into the weeds here well no i I agree but i I hate to say this but i agree with the eagles when you play on thursday well i mean that's the only thing that we can agree on um because there's a lot of other things i haven't agreed with them in the past but you do have an advantage on thanksgiving because you don't have to travel Everyone has to, it's a short week and then you get the, you get 10 days, you get a long, so, long rest after that. So I do think now good is good and bad is bad, right? Yeah. My but take on this. You, well, So I was just going to say, I agree with you when you were playing, because you were the only team in the Lions, obviously, that, that played on Thanksgiving every year, right? So you, you knew, okay, yeah, this short week is going to suck, but you know, we'll be at home, whatever, blah, blah. But now every team plays on Thursday night. You know what I mean? So like every team goes through that. You know what I'm saying? Now, to be fair, the Cowboys never have to travel for a Thursday game, which adds a level of complication to your. Oh, that's my point. You don't have to travel on a Thursday, mm-hmm. which uh, which on a holiday and thinking, OK, let me just get family and everything's in town. Let me get this game over and we'll we'll, we'll have some fun. But, yeah, I, that's one thing I do. I will agree with an Eagles. Mm. And when it comes to that publication, so- there was a lot of validity there. Um, well, okay, fine. Anyway, uh, so you have the Panthers at number five. I have the Las Vegas Raiders at number five, uh, two. see, this is a team. If you look at all the two and O teams and the bucks, the bucks win because the bucks are the bucks. Um, I think the Raiders might have the two most impressive wins because they beat the Ravens who are very good, obviously beat the chiefs. And I don't totally believe in the Steelers, but that was a hard game to win for Vegas, especially on the road across the country. There's a lot of history there, obviously, between the two teams. It was kind of a kind of like the Cowboys win against the Chargers, kind of like a grinded out win. Uh, right now is a good time to be a mascot that is a pirate. If you look at the Bucks and the Raiders is basically my takeaway. Totally different, though. You got the. Yeah, the, the uh, you know, the, the skeleton on you, you got when you come to the Raiders. And, right. and by the way, that's one of my favorite uniforms all of all time. Mm, but I, I think I think Derek Carr is to me, and I'm happy for that guy. And he's he's kind of been under scrutiny in his career. Yep. And even when Gruden, whenever he came in, when he had the he took the job there, there was not like he wasn't really confident in Derek Carr. Yeah, he's always but been you, connected to somebody else, like Kyler or Tua. You know, it's been a rough go. It's kind of like Jared Goff when he was when he was with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Now he's with the Detroit Lions, and it seemed like they really put trust in him. But I think that you're in line with mine as far as the Raiders. And, you know, what they've done and, and the teams that they've beaten really has shown a lot what their what their their capability is. And so I like them. I like them. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of conflicting when it comes to them and the Browns because I like mm. the Browns at one-on-one, and I really think that the Browns – collectively now last week was a little closer when they played the Texans okay but I think the Browns to me they're a smidge or it's kind of like the Cowboys they're a smidge close to being two and oh right and but I I think I got to go with the Raiders at number six but I I really I really like the Rams at one-on-one or excuse me the Browns at one-on-one 
So you have the Raiders at six, um, and I have the Raiders at five. I actually have the Browns at six. You you haven't listed the Browns. I know you've got the Browns coming up soon, obviously, uh, but I do have the Browns at six. I had them at ten last week, even after the loss to Kansas City. Because you're right, they they almost won. Very similar to the Cowboys, you know, took on you know one of the best teams in the NFL. Almost won, maybe should have won, whatever. Um, I will. The one thing I'll say about the Browns right now is so Baker Mayfield throws a pick against Houston, tries to make a tackle, tries to throw, tries to throw his shoulder into it. Baker, leave the position switching to Micah Parsons. Okay, you you don't need to be making tackles on interceptions and throwing your shoulder into them. We, we all think you're tough. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Just be smart, Baker. You know we want to see you play the whole season. That was a really scary moment when he almost got hurt. Yeah, he just seems to run to the sidelines. Right, exactly. Just chill, dude. It's one pick in week two. You know what I mean? Like, no, against a team you're going to crush anyway. So, you know. Yeah, but wouldn't you, if you threw a pick, wouldn't you be pissed off? I would be pissed off. But and maybe his emotional got it, got the the best of him. And yeah, but he needs to understand when he's in the training room and he's thinking about that or give him something to ponder about. Do not try to make a tackle. It was another day. Okay, you're going to live to play another snap. Yeah, I mean, it's you're the quarterback. The rules are different for you. Like you're special. That's we all admit this. So you know, be smart about this. But um, okay, so, no tough guys. No right. tough guys at quarterback. So then we're at number seven. I have to imagine this is where you have the Browns since you were hyping them up a moment ago. Yeah, I got Browns at number seven. Although a little conflicting because I like the Ravens. What they've done. I think their quarterback is amazing. Mm. And there's so many good teams, and that's the thing about these rankings this early on in the season. I was like, well, well let's advance to see where we're at in eight weeks. But I tell you, the Ravens are right there. I mean, there's some good one-on-one teams the first two weeks of the season. Agreed. So, okay, so you have Cleveland at seven. Seven. And then, I, and then I'm assuming um, Baltimore at I'm going to go with it. Yep. Okay, so I don't have Baltimore yet. Um, so it's, I had Cleveland at six. At seven, I have San Francisco. They are a really good team that is trapped by Jimmy Garoppolo. And so I think this is kind of their ceiling with Jimmy. I mean, they, they've beaten the Lions and the Eagles, who aren't exactly intimidating teams right now. And, you know, they, they, last week, Tony, in the first quarter, they had 14 yards. I mean, so they're, they're – I mean, just play Trey Lance. Don't make this complicated, Kyle Shanahan. But still, they're, Debo Samuel's so good. So, I mean, I have – the 49ers seventh Nick Bosa's back. I mean, you know, things are, things are fine. They just need to, to sw- make, make that one swap. Um, so you had Cleveland at seven, Baltimore at eight. I have Baltimore at nine because at eight, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I know they lost last week and I know that they blew a huge fourth quarter lead to the Titans, but Russell Wilson, I mean, for all the, the, the NFC West is so stacked. Obviously the Cardinals look good. The Niners are undefeated. The Rams look good. Russell Wilson is the best player in the entire NFC West. And that keeps the Seahawks alive. I mean, Russell Wilson does some stupid, amazing things. And so I've got Seattle eighth, but yeah, they, I mean, they should be two and oh, if they were two and oh, they'd be higher, but you know, their team just collapsed. That's just the way it there's, goes sometimes. There's a lot of those should ups the first two weeks. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I thought the Titans, that was an impressive win there. Uh, the, you know, against the 12th man, but I'm, I'm kind of in line with that. I got the finish out. It's either the the Bills or the Seahawks. I, for some reason, and I like the Steelers. 
But then I had to factor in the Cowboys, mm. a one-on-one team, and just kind of compare it to them. So, uh, so at number nine, I guess that's where we're at number nine. I'm going to go uh, – again, I like the Seahawks, and I like the Bills. But I agree with you. They got one of the best, one of the most dynamic players in the National Football League and Russell Wilson. They could easily won that game. You got to remember, you know, they're having to stop Derrick Henry, that that freaking right. train right there, okay? And that's a heck – but I'm going to go with number – I'm going to go with the Seahawks at number nine. Okay, so then who do you have at 10? So you've got – Let me correct me if I'm wrong. You are uh, – you've got Tampa, Arizona. Correct. L- L.A., Kansas City – and then at five, you had um, Carolina, right? Correct. That's your top five. And then at six, you had the Raiders. Raiders. And then Browns at Browns. seven. And then Ravens at Ravens. eight. Seattle at nine. Okay. Yeah. And then who's 10 okay. for you? Round it out. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the Cowboys at number 10. Over the Bills have, and the uh, Steelers. Right. Gotcha. Uh, that's, it's it's kind of splitting hairs. But well, I'm, you, you know, your audience. Well done. Good for you. Well, yeah, I, I look, I <laughs> Cowboys nation. This may change sure. after this week again. So it's going to change every week. And we're, obviously this is an infancy of the season, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys. There's some really, you know, I mentioned the Titans, um, the Chargers, um, and there's some other teams that one on one, but for right now, for my money, I think the Cowboys have done enough to show me they're worthy of that top 10 or either maybe 10, 10, a, I, it's, it's kind of, as I mentioned, it's kind of like splitting hairs. But I think that the Cowboys deserve a spot because I think that those are two teams that they could easily won on the road against uh, the Tampa Bay. And then they won versus the Chargers of what they had and make decision-making. They'll get some players back. But I think at number 10, that's a good spot for them. So I like what you're saying. Um, I agree with you. To get to, to get to 10 quickly for me, I have Tampa, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Cardinals at four, Raiders at five, Browns at six, Niners, Seahawks, Ravens. I don't have the Panthers. In. That's that's the one spot that you actually the actual teams we differ on. I've got the 49ers in where you have the Panthers in. Um, so for me at 10, it did come down to Dallas and Buffalo. I don't believe in Pittsburgh long term. Their defense is really good. There's no doubt about that. But their offense is so bad. I mean, they're they're one and one. And I think that Buffalo lost that game in week one more than Pittsburgh won it. Um, Buffalo was just flat. And Buffalo beat the crap out of the Dolphins this past week, but the Dolphins lost to us. It's kind of hard to, you know, fully measure, um, you know, what what that is and what they would have looked like against a a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Hard to take that defensive performance seriously with that context. So for me right now, the Cowboys do edge out the Bills as well. I've got the Cowboys as a top 10 team. And I this this we're talking about power rankings and, and where the Cowboys fall with regards to the rest of the NFL. But the Cowboys are so clearly the best team in the NFC East. I think that that should be said. Uh, they have the best win of any team in the NFC East because, you know, the Eagles one win was against the Falcons, who might be the worst team in the NFL, which I know makes you very sad. Um, and <laughs> the Washington football team beat the Giants, who also might be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So the Cowboys have the highest quality win. And the Eagles loss was to the Niners, who doesn't sound like you believe in all too much right now. And Washington's loss was to the Chargers, who the Cowboys just beat. Dallas's loss was to what you and I both agree is the best team in the NFL. So they have the best win. They have the most understandable loss. They have the best offense. I mean, they should 
clear, easily, far and away be favorites to win this thing. And I think that that will become a little bit more crystallized next week when you and I are sitting here reacting to their win on Monday Night Football. I think it's all about the credibility when we look at teams now. And I think early on, it's a great start is, is what you want to what you want to accomplish. And there's a lot of teams that whether you're old and two and you're like, okay, uh, we were unlucky and, uh, and we hear it all the time about the you know, team getting lucky. But I think Dallas has really shown that they, to me, it was a great win for them. They needed that type of win. They needed a win to, to, to grow the confidence of what they have, mm-hmm. whoever they have on the field, they're going to be able to manufacture a win. Someone's going to make a play. And that's to me, that's, it's a great sign. The guys that we weren't talking about last year are on the team, like Trayvon Diggs has got two interceptions in two games. That hasn't been done since Leroy Jordan. I saw it's been just nano years ago, okay? Um, but uh, it's just – to me, it's, it, it's, it just shows a, a, lot of, a lot of character that they have. And sure. this has got to continue. you got a game coming up. We've got a rivalry, Monday Night Football. It should be a tremendous game, and – I think they'll be able to validate even more what uh, what they uh, what they accomplish uh, this far. But I'm not going to get too over. I'm not going to drink the Kool Aid too much. Sure, just a couple sips, right? Um, the Cowboys have six turnovers through their first two games, which is a lot, certainly compared to the teams that we're used to seeing from them. Uh, Trayvon Diggs has two of them, as you mentioned. I'm working on something for the site about this and how. Um, how what we can read into that and how what that suggests their turnover margin will be like over the course of the rest of the year. So uh, everybody be on the lookout for that. I think, Tony, this is a week where the Cowboys will be the only team potentially in the division that wins. Washington plays Buffalo, and I think we both think the Bills win that game. The Giants play the Falcons, which is a matchup, again, of one of the two worst teams in the NFL. So maybe flip a coin. Uh, and Dallas plays Philadelphia. And so, you know, this is a big week for the Cowboys to kind of, you know, take that first place baton or whatever and uh, not look back, put some distance between themselves. Last thing before we leave quickly, the Cowboys are one and one. They have four games left before they're by. I just want you to tell me if you had to predict right now, win or loss Cowboys versus Eagles next week, win or loss. I'm going to pick them to win. Okay. So that's two and one Cowboys versus Panthers the following week. That's going to be a good game, but I I think it depends on what they do against the Eagles. It's a definitely winnable game. Okay, so you got him winning, right? That, I got him winning. Okay, three and one. Matt Rule's return to AT&T Stadium, by the way. You know, uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, three and one. Then they host the Giants. Again, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Oh, they should beat the Giants. Right, so four and one. And then they go to New England. And it's New England. It's Bill Belichick. That has to be said. But they have obviously not looked like, you know, the most intimidating version of themselves. Yeah, they should. They easily. Well, I mean, not easily. I mean, it's, it's rolled. The, the road. They should the win, yeah. They should win. So, like, it's conceivable that they win their next four games before the bye, right? Like, on paper, it looks like they should win. That would put them at 5-1, and one. even if you count, you know, or a, a count or a lot for a loss, maybe to the Panthers because you believe, maybe to the Patriots because, again, it's Bill Belichick. That puts them at 4-2, and two, entering the bye, and then they come out of the bye and they get to travel to Minnesota, a, a Vikings team that's 0-2. Now, the, the Vikings have been really close to actually being 2-0, and so that game might not be easy. But I've, I've said this for a long time. The Vikings are 0-2 now, Tony. And when you're 0-2, you know this thing, when you're losing, people start to want an answer. And I think Mike Zimmer is going to have to make a switch to appease Vikings fans. The Vikings are on, a, on their bye before that game against the Cowboys, like Dallas is. 
and the buy is the perfect time to switch to your rookie quarterback. I think the Cowboys get Kellen Mond's first game starting for the Minnesota Vikings coming out of the bye. Well, at that point, there's a lot of desperation. Okay. Right. When you start, you start off and you're not very well, that the desperation settles in the unsettling of the Mike Zimmer. And there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, but I mean, what a tremendous opportunity for Dallas. And I think it was just based on that one game. Yep. Last week. We'll see how the momentum, we'll see how they feel, how good they feel about themselves. We'll feel how, we'll, we'll see how they can validate that they can handle winning and success. Interesting to see. Mm. Good job, Cowboys. Good job, Micah. Good job, Tony. Very last question, and then we leave. Who wins the Ryder Cup? USA. Well said. We'll see you guys next week.